Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 115 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And we are continuing with our team previews leading up to the 2021 Overwatch League season. Today, we're going to be doing Boston, London, and Vancouver, so definitely stick around for that later in the episode. First, Joe, we got three... Um, three pieces of news you know you, you might think oh only three not that big of a news but trust me these three things huge news um first up is Absolutely. an experiment first thing first thing is a, an experimental patch with a lot of changes a good amount of changes i think one two three four five six hero changes which it's been a while since we've seen that many changes on experimental patch i feel like so joe you're the patch man if you want to get into it go ahead yeah absolutely um uh, I was trying to think how long it's been since we've had a patch that wasn't, um, <laughs> you know, just, just straight off the experimental. Um, but yes, we did get an experimental patch on the 4th of March. Um, so a couple days after we recorded our last show. Um, yeah, with several changes. So we'll just uh, jump right into that. Uh, starting with Genji. Uh, so again, you may have been playing this over the last few days. But Genji's uh, primary fire, uh, recovery time, actually primary and secondary fire. Um, recovery time lowered from 0.75 seconds um, to 0.68 seconds, uh, so you can shoot more quickly. Um, it says it will enable him to have more impact outside of his ultimate, um, but to to counteract that, uh, they increase the ultimate cost of uh, Genji's ultimate Dragon Blade uh, by 15%. So you'll do he um, you'll have to do 15% more damage to build the blade. Um, which, um, trying to think, I haven't done the math here, but it looks like similar to um, the, the fire rate change. So like the fire rate change was a um, um, little less than 10%, um, and also ult cost was increased 15%. So it's comparable there, I would imagine, because um, that's also assuming that you're hitting every single shot. So <laughs> uh, definitely not always the case. But uh, yeah, good to change there. Um, uh, to like it says the comment making him less focused uh, on his ultimate yeah uh, the next comes May uh, and May got uh, just the one change uh, as it says several patches ago there was a change to um, uh, May's shift her, her ice block ability um, that allowed her not to be targeted by allies uh, like mercy beam or on a healing or that kind of thing uh, and so as a result uh, they've bumped up her um, healing rate while she's in the ice block. Um, uh, again, because those abilities now are ineffective. Um, so her healing per second while in the ice block has been increased from 37.5 to uh, about 50 health per second. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought I had the duration of that ability, but I mean that's. Um, it's definitely definitely a good chunk of health extra uh, that you get from that, I would think. Uh, Farah is next. Uh, again, lots of DPS characters, a couple tanks later. Uh, but Farah is next. Um, her hover jet regeneration rate, uh, so the, the fuel regeneration specifically, uh, increased from 35 to 43 uh, units per second, I guess. <laughs> they didn't give units on that. Um, but um, so that your your fuel will will come back quicker, uh, which is actually pretty nice. Um, <laughs> as um, as a, a player, my my very my very first main was Farah. Uh, <laughs> so the first character I really got into. Um, and anyway, but that um, even with the 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 current you know live patch rate, um, uh, usually it's pretty pretty sustainable if you're if you're smart and and doing what you need to do to try to manage that fuel um but now you'll get it back even faster so you know there's there's some benefit there um to get more airtime. so yeah and i think it's a lot of it is to compete with echo once echo came out it was everyone was just like well what what's Farah's place now she's just worse at flying and like everyone was like oh echo is what Farah's fly should be um so i think that's that might help her especially with the meta where echo is still pretty good a pretty good option so she definitely yeah, needs help in that area absolutely um 
because <laughs> yeah, it was certainly, uh, you know, from my understanding of, of what pros are playing these days, um, yeah, yeah, certainly not seeing not seeing much Farah uh, over Echo for sure. Um, and our last DPS hero change um, is Reaper. Uh, and Reaper's uh, actually got a little bit of a throwback to our previous experimental card. So um, most recently, um, that has gone through live. He got a change to his uh, spread, so it's a little bit less, I believe, at further ranges. Um, and for the trade-off, the damage per projectile, uh, per little pellet from his shotguns, was decreased to 5.5. Uh, uh, they bumped that up just a little bit more um, to the value that it was on the experimental card uh, before it was put to live. So on this current experimental card, uh, the damage per projectile has been increased from 5.5 to 6. Um, so basically, <laughs> they had it on the on the um, card before this one, thought it was too much, and then maybe they're reconsidering. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the recent change ended up being less beneficial than intended, so they're mm -hmm. increasing that uh, back up again. Uh, and then we did have two tanks on this card that did get some changes. So starting with Sigma, um, there was uh, a cooldown increase to his experimental barrier a couple patches ago. Uh, that once you once you recall the barrier, uh, you couldn't put it out again for two and a half seconds. Is currently what it is on live. Um, on the experimental patch, that that cooldown has been decreased uh, to two seconds. Yes. Uh, so... <laughs> so, Thank <yeah>. you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, John plays a lot of Sigma, as I understand. Yes, I, do. <laughs> I do. I love Sigma. Well, I haven't been recently, Joe, because it's annoying to play. He's still, he's still pretty good, but I, I just miss the days of that one second cooldown so much. I, I still find myself spamming his barrier when I can't use it yet, because <laughs> I'm like, please, uh... give me protection. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we we all built the bad habits from from launch sigma that had basically no cooldown at all <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly. yeah um yes uh and then zarya is the, the very last change there um that her energy drain energy drain rate increased from 1.6 to 1.8 per second uh the notes here says zarya has been overperforming in a variety of team compositions so the increased drain rate will bring her average energy level down slightly between engagements um so yeah, basically just <laughs> power nerf on that. Um, not 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 tons of nuance there, um, but you'll just be, be you know doing less damage overall, um, unless you're just super good with your bubbles, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, which is uh, nice. Zarya is pretty OP right now, so that's that's a good change, I'd say. That's true. Uh, have we? Uh, and as, as soon as I ask this. It, it's probably going to be obvious that we have, but have we ever had um, Overwatch League play where, like, the Winston Zarya was was a legitimate slash good tank composition? Because yeah. that, that's like what um, Washington and Seoul were playing in scrims, for example, um, last week. But I, I was trying to think if we've ever actually seen yeah. that in. That's the a good owl. question. I, I, you would just assume yes because. It's definitely been a meta before, but now that I'm remembering it, it seems like right before Overwatch League it was a meta. So I don't know if if there was, it would be season one, because obviously season two was GOATS, and then recently we really never got that Zarya Winston dive, I guess. It yeah. seems like D the more dive we've seen in Overwatch League has been Winston Diva, or like yeah. more Diva involved rather than Winston Zarya. So that seems more like a, yeah, definitely with this meta, Winston Zarya is very good, and we've been seeing it in these practice games, uh, somewhat. It, so it's interesting. Yeah, it, it was interesting to me because yeah, talking about uh, how good a composition that is and how how long it's been around. Like it's not a new idea, but it's yeah. just been like <laughs> prevalent in in off season for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe once this goes through, it'll be further yeah. less common going into going into season four i don't know yeah i don't know I, I definitely recent seasons i don't think it's existed but I, if if it was a thing it would have been season one i can't remember exactly what the metas were season one i just remember the last stage of season one where brig came out and that meta was interesting um 
but yeah, besides that, I, 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 I don't remember. And there were sniper metas in season one, actually. I don't I don't know if it was a thing in season one. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good question, Joe. Um, it's, it doesn't have much significance, but it's an interesting yeah, question. <laughs> it is an interesting question because it's such a staple. It's such like an Overwatch staple. Like Dive was at one point Zarya Winston. That was Dive. Um, and and in comp, I feel like throughout the years in comp, that's just such a classic go-to Dive. So it is interesting that in the Overwatch League, teams have not opted for it. Um, when, even when Dive was meta, because I know Dive has been meta during Overwatch League, but it definitely... It, Definitely feels more diva involved in Overwatch League, at least. So, um, yeah, interesting question. But um, our, our next bit of news, which uh, unfortunately I think the patch just came out, and those experimental patches, experimental pa- changes aren't with this. But um, there's a Patchy Mari challenge. Um, Patchy Marchy challenge is what they're calling <laughs> it, of course, because it's March. Uh, and you're going to want to play it. Absolutely. People who don't own this skin are going to be extremely jealous. It is a Roadhog Pachamari skin. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's amazing. Just look it up on Twitter right now. It is. It's fantastic. Um, and also, uh, he's wearing like a weird hat. Uh, you get a hat icon of the hat he's wearing if you win three games. And if you win six games, you get a pretty funny junk rat Pachamari a mode as well um with some with some uh, sprays as well that are very cute so this event like, this might be the best event they put on joe this is hilarious and amazing yeah i just watched the junkrat emote because i hadn't seen it uh, apparently apparently the rip tire that junkrat carries on his back is actually a backpack it's not even a rip tire yeah i didn't know that either he pulls it out <laughs> and all of a sudden it turns into a backpack and he just pulls out a patch of Mari out of it like it is the treasure which it is. <laughs> it's good uh, stuff. Yeah, super good uh, stuff. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So other than that, it does play um, this particular event. Uh, does play very similarly to um, uh, all the, the similar ones we've seen in the past. So you get nine wins um, in uh, quick play or competitive or arcade modes uh, from March 9th through twenty second. Um, and you'll get, like you said, the, the icon and the Junkrat emote and the Roadhog skin. Uh, if you log into the game at all between now and March 22nd, um, you'll get six uh, Pachamari-themed um, sprays, community-created, apparently. Um, community-designed really? uh, based off of different heroes. So there's one for Junkrat, uh, Zenyatta, Winston, um, uh, Genji and Hanzo, Doomfist, and Sombra. So that's kind of exciting there. Yeah. Um, and normally they'll they would send you to Twitch um, and you get um, sprays for watching like nine hours of Twitch streams. They're not doing that this time. I guess it, it's something to do with on Twitch's end that they're changing up how drops work or something. I don't know. Oh. Um, but instead, you can just log in um, and get the sprays that way. It's a lot easier. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and these are some great sprays too. So uh, yeah. You can check out all all that stuff on Overwatch Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm super. I'm definitely logging in and get the, getting those for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. Next up is Overwatch Contenders news, um, which is going to be starting um, up again in two days here, March 11th, actually. So that's that's starting up uh, pretty quickly, and before. If, if you want to watch some Overwatch, of course, some competitive Overwatch, you can watch it a whole month before Overwatch League starts this year, which is nice. Um, maybe give give some attention to Contender Scene, which always could use it, of course. Um, I think we mentioned, like, what the formats were going to be like in the show before. Um, but if you didn't know, uh, they're going to be having... It's going to be pretty similar last year but contenders north america and europe are going to be having 18 double eliminations on about every about every month they'll be having a a double elimination bracket um and due to player and team feedback they're planning to run trials in between every other tournament i think that was every tournament last year i'm pretty sure this is every other this time 
Um, and this means teams that qualify for contenders will automatically compete in two tournaments before facing relegation in trials. Uh, so I'm guessing that was the big complaint was it was I mean, I would imagine that's a lot of pressure every month to be facing relegation. Um, so that'll be nice safety for for the teams to at least compete in two tournaments before they get relegated or anything like that. Um, and the trials format in both regions will also be updated to a six-team single-round-robin format. Um, so, yeah. Um, and this is not... It's going to be trials that are starting on March 11th for those, um, I believe. Um, and specifically in Australia, uh, they, they mentioned uh, okay. that that's like the earliest, um, uh, or earliest start. But, yeah. Uh, and they have the, the hero skins you can get, um, just like they... They started um, last year, and I think they had two months worth. Uh, I don't remember. Symmetra was one of them. I know. I think Genji was another that they <laughs> that they gave out for yeah. watching contender streams um, in the month of Genji March. Was the first one. Okay, there you go. Uh, in the month of March um, for this year, it's uh, Bastion and Reinhardt. So if you watch contenders for seven hours in the month of March. Uh, you get the home and away contenders bastion skins, um, and Reinhardt is 15 hours. Nice, yeah. This this year will be interesting, of course. Like you got teams like British Hurricane just dump their entire roster into Overwatch League, all this stuff. So should be um should be an interesting change up to see who who's on top this time around for sure. Uh, obviously, a lot of players head to the Overwatch League from contenders, so. Yeah, I would, I would say check it out for sure. I'm going to check it out. Um, but yeah, you can go to overwatchleague.com to see exactly specifics for all the regions and stuff like that and see the full schedule as well. So that's very nice. But yeah, that's that's those are our three pieces of news, which means it's time, Joe, to get into our team previews. Um, if you haven't seen this before uh, or listened to the last episode, uh, we usually go through these three teams we're going to talk about. We go through sort of what they did in the offseason, um, who we're looking at as far as players to watch this year specifically, um, team performance from last year, how we think they're going to do this year in comparison, and just an offseason grade in general, um, which doesn't necessarily mean if we give a team an A+, plus, that might not even mean we think they're going to be insanely good this year. Maybe we just think they made great moves for the future or something like that. Basically, um, just how they did in the offseason as far as signings and letting, letting players go, which every team had to do, basically, unless you're the San Francisco Shock. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i ready to get into it, Joe. Let's, let's start with Boston Uprising, who, of course, I have to give the warning. If you don't know by now, I do work for the Boston Uprising. So... Um, if I am overly hyped, which I am, uh, it's because I work for the Boston Uprising. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's let's start with them, Joe. Um, I'll, I'll give I'll give a rundown of what they did this off season. They let go of Mikey, Halo, Jerry, and Axiom, um, and then they added five players. They added I'm thirty seven, Stand One, Soon, Faith, and Valentine. Uh, which are, are considered to all five be pretty good pickups here. A good amount of WGS Phoenix players who were contenders Korean champions uh, alongside Lori as their new head coach, also from WGS Phoenix. So a lot of WGS Phoenix players and a coach coming into the Boston Uprising. This year, uh, Joe, out of, the, out of those players, or maybe the returning players, Punk, Myeonbong, Fusion's Color Hex, Give me your players to watch for the uprising. Yeah, it's it's a good question. Uh, I think, um, and it's nice because we were able to see um, Boston playing. Obviously, um, at, uh, we talked about last week the Steel Series Invitational um, against uh, LA Gladiators, and I believe they also played Paris uh, was their other opponent. Um, uh, but yeah, so so we've been able to see some of the steam in action as well, which is super nice. Um, um, but but yeah, I, I think um, <laughs> your initial assessment is good. This is a, uh, definitely going to be a different uh, Boston team than we've seen uh, a lot in the past. But yeah, as far as as far as players to watch, um, I think um, 
it's definitely going to be interesting to see what they end up doing with um, uh, with the DPS rotation um, uh, for Boston, just in terms of um, uh, specificity and and um, when you have the four different players, how uh, how are you going to be able to use them effectively? Um, uh, and it, again, referring to referring to last week's um, show matches, you know that was something that was discussed a lot with uh, Washington Justice as well. Um, because uh, I believe they've got four, maybe even five DPS players on their roster. Um, that it's it's a similar question, but um, but yeah, I think that's that's probably where my main focus is going to be. Obviously, um, I'm going to be looking to to stand one to to step in and and fill in nicely on the um what looks what looks like it may be a starting main tank position, uh, and Faith to come up alongside Young Bong and and hopefully learn a lot from him. But uh, but yeah, I think the DPS in particular, um, and just to see see what kind of purposes they uh. Um, they they sort of step into and, and how they're able to to use that effectively. Yeah, um, it's hard it's hard to pick a player to watch here because I of course want to watch all of them. Um, <laughs> and you do I watch think, all of them. Yes, I do. Um, I, I think Stan One is a great choice of of a player to watch. He'll be most likely stepping up in that main tank role or sharing it with Fusions. Um, so it's, it, it'll be interesting to see if he, I, I think fusions, at least in the public eye and in interviews and stuff has always been boasted as like the vocal leader of this team. So it's always hard to replace him in a starting lineup. Um, and I think those were issues that Axiom definitely had tr- trouble with and maybe why Axiom wasn't playing as much over fusions at times was fusion was just such a good vocal leader. So it'll be interesting to see if Stan one can fill those shoes um, but my eyes are on Mianbong because I I think he is one of the best support players in this league. Obviously, was surrounded by a team that couldn't do much last year. Now that he has some players that you know, maybe he doesn't have as big of a target on his back. Um, maybe he's got actual good players to support him. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. I think he's one one of the most talented, if not the most talented player on this team. So. I think that's going to be exciting. Of course, Joe, last year, we, t- we take a look at what they did last year, and the Boston Uprising got dead last, went 2-19, and actually won a playoff game. Um, they, they did beat the Houston Outlaws in the playoffs, but then ended up losing the next game anyways, uh, I believe to the Atlanta Reign. So, yeah, they didn't do well, <laughs> obviously. So, I mean, you expect this team, do you expect this team to do better than last year? It's obviously hard not not to, but um, how much better, I guess, do you expect them to do them compared to last year? Uh, yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. I definitely, I definitely do expect uh, that, that this Boston team is going to do well. Um, and uh, I did a very tentative sort of organizing of teams into a, a rough power rankings, which uh, we won't get into for a couple weeks here on this show uh, until we've touched every team, but. Um, um uh, anyway and it's interesting just to see um the amount of teams in the league uh, particularly in the uh in North America I think it is fair to say that um really up the ante um <laughs> this this offseason I think definitely Boston is one of them um and it's just it's interesting to compare exactly um you know where some of these kinds of where some of these kinds of teams are going to land. Um, uh, so it's, it's like even with you know with all these additions, do they land in the the top half of of North America? I don't. I'm not super convinced that they will necessarily. And that's uh, you know that's that I'll fully admit that that's more on you know orc history than anything. Um, uh, and and once we start. Um, once we once we start hitting some of these matches and, and seeing how Boston actually um, is able to to take some of these opponents, I mean, look look at their first three matches: Gladiators, Dallas, and Washington. I mean, those are those are going to be you know super super difficult teams, I think, in North America. Uh, and you know that's that's the way to to prove yourself right here, um, top of the season as far as that goes. But um, you, you know, until then, I'm not. I'm, I think I'll. Um, um, still tending to put them <laughs> sort sort of bottom half of of uh, North America, but I mean that's um, 
that's still number one in improvement. And number two, I think I'll definitely put him above teams like um, uh, teams like Vancouver, teams like Atlanta, um, teams like Paris or and, and or London. I think um, that that this is a uh, and, and again this is based on very rough very rough power rankings, but um, um, absolutely the I think the best Boston we've seen um, probably ever. Um, and I'm just excited to see how far they take it. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I think they're doing, I think they're good. I, I think they will be better than next year, but I tend to agree with Joe. I don't know if they're exactly top half quite yet. Top half material quite yet. Um, that being said, I guess I'll start with my off season grade. I still think they're off season. Even if I don't think they're going to shoot up the rankings to number one or anything, I still think it's an A. I, I think this is, a really good future building offseason for the Boston Uprising. I think the only arguable drop is Jerry, of course. Jerry is a great player. Um, but I think they got Valentine to replace him, who is fantastic. They also got Soon, which is fantastic. I don't know how long Soon will be on this team, but he's just consistently, no matter how old he is or how long he's been playing Overwatch, he's consistently shown up as shown up as one of the best DPS players out there. Yeah, it's. I think this is a great future building move. Um, and getting Lori and some WGS Phoenix players is definitely a way to sort of build for the future and hope that eventually this will pan out once Lori makes this sort of his his um, team and makes it his team in the future by giving input on who else to pick up and all that stuff and um, stuff like that. You obviously got a lot of rookies on this team too, who I think maybe not be at their peak potential here in this first year, but will gradually improve. So I'm giving them an A. I think this was a good off season for the Boston Uprising, as long as they can keep a good amount of these players and coaches going forward as well. So how about you, Joe? What's your off season grade? Um, you know, I, I think that, I think that makes good sense. Um, just in terms of, you know, if you think about the, the goals of the offseason team, you're going to try to, um, you, you know, up, upgrade over, over, uh, players you lose. You're going to try to, um, um, you, you know, shore up weaknesses that you may have, um, but to try to keep, keep some kind of consistency, keep, keep, um, you know, experienced players, role models, that kind of thing. I mean, and those were definitely all achieved here. I mean, even, you know, you pick up soon there as a um, star-studded DPS player, but um, but also, you know, maintaining the, the uh, you know, core that you have in color hacks and that kind of stuff. Um, you, you bring in stand one. Um, you, you know, the, the Boston tank line has never quite been um, the, the, their strong suit. Um, it's, it's probably fair to say. Obviously, the addition of Punk, I think, um, in May of last year, that's that was, um, uh, I think, the, the best it's ever been. Um, but Stan One coming off of Shanghai definitely deserves, uh, you know, definitely deserves a second look, and he's he's definitely going to get it here. Um, the, the, yeah, I think um, exactly by that assessment, um, that yeah, you, you you did basically um, come up with the universal upgrades, even in the coaching line. Um, um, and, and that's definitely good enough for, for, for yeah, that, that that's, well, <laughs> just try to distinguish between other teams, but I'd say it's good enough, good enough for an A. Uh, I, I would agree. Um, uh, probably not the, probably not the best off season in the league, but, um, uh, definitely up there. And again, I think this is one of the best Boston's we've seen. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing them perform play and perform obviously if you if you didn't watch the preseason matches you can go watch them now because uh, they have played before our eyes already um but yeah let's move on to the london spitfire who of course complete rebuild wipe their roster clean I, I don't i'm not gonna i don't think i'm gonna list out every single player because there are a lot obviously uh but if you didn't remember last year's london spitfire roster which i don't blame you because they were in asia and i think a lot of people don't remember it they had like Lister, Bernard, Sanguinar, J Mac, all those players, Krillin, and yeah, um, Fuse even. So they had a, they had a full Korean roster. Obviously, we we're in Korea all last year. They decided, okay, let's 
go European and rebuild, which is something London has never done in their history. They've always been full Korean. Uh, so this is new territory. And I think they decided to do it because uh, British Hurricane, their contenders team, dominated last year, uh, basically all of last year. So uh, towards the end, they started to you know, wind down a little bit, not do as well. But they basically dominated, had were undefeated for the longest time, looked great. So I think this is a great move from the London Spitfire to decide to do that. But uh, yeah, they pick, here's who they picked up in the offseason, I guess. Sparker, Shax, Hybrid, uh, Mulfig, Hottie. Kellex, Ripa, and Blase, um, which are, you know, this is great. Uh, and you, you obviously, you got a couple players there, Blase, Shaxx, not um, exactly from the British Hurricane, obviously. Um, you even got Ripa, who was on the British Hurricane, uh, but was on the LA Gladiators before. Same with Kellex, was, in, was on British Hurricane, but was on the Boston Uprising before. So you have some Overwatch League, previous Overwatch League talent here as well. Uh, but yeah, those, that's the new roster. Joe, any players you're looking forward to, look, to watching the most out of these? Yeah, um, and particularly uh, after again, particularly after seeing this team in action, um, it's it's going to be, um, I think, just fun for for me to be watching <laughs> the tank line of the of this team. Um, uh, particularly Hadi and Mulfig, like we're saying. Uh, again, who are the who are the the tank players on this roster? Um, uh, but they obviously with um, they've got they've got synergy. You know, they've got experience playing together, um, and and as the rest of the team is able to coalesce around um, uh, around uh, these team players, that's that's going to be super exciting to see. Um, um, yeah, so I mean that's that's my. Uh, um uh, my answer for that i think okay i agree i'm i'm excited to see ripa and Kalex personally who both have had chances in this league before ripa was stuck behind big goose and shaz the whole time he was here so we we got to see him briefly i think but we didn't get to see him that much um and Kalex, i'm excited for his second he's been doing super well on he did super well on um british hurricane i'm excited to see him back um i'm also excited to for Blase, I mentioned full European roster. Blase is not European. I just want to make sure everyone knows I know that he is American. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see him and Shax as well, who were not part of the British Hurricane um, and are now going to be joining this team. And we already saw Shax and pop off and do super well and carry on Tracer as he usually does against the LA Gladiators. Uh, also very excited to see Sparker, who um, will be underage until June. Uh, but once that rolls around, I, uh, Sparker was a great DPS on the Spurs Hurricane roster, so I'm excited to see him as well. I I'm just excited to see. I mean, as a team, British Hurricane obviously had really good synergy, worked well together. So that's I think that's why they performed so well against the LA Gladiators when we watched them. Um, and I hope they take that into the regular season, too, of just how, how much of a team they are. Um, London Spitfire, hard to compare them to last year, of course, because... Um, this is a completely different roster, but they did go six and fifteen overall in the league. That was seventeenth in the Asia standings. That was dead last seventh. Um, of course, they were up against some of the hardest teams in the league um, over in Asia with Shanghai, Guangzhou, New York, Hangzhou, Seoul, and Chengdu. Um, all great teams, so they constantly had to face them. Um, but Joe, how do you think they're going to do better than 17th this year? I mean, even them, even the London Spitfire themselves have said, keep your expectations low this year. We're not going for a championship this year. Keep them low. Joe, do you believe do you, do you believe in the Spitfire or do you maybe have a little more hope for this team after watching them play the Gladiators? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to... Um, um... You know, number one, I'm not gonna make that judgment just based off of the the Gladiators match, um, as far as that goes. But um, um, but yeah, that I'm not I'm not gonna um um what was I even gonna say? I don't know. But I am <laughs> gonna try to take them at their word for that. Um, that that yeah, I don't know that this is a team that's gonna be breaking records, uh, or you know anything like that. Um, but it is really solid. Um, I believe, 
Um, uh, and I want to uh, <laughs> pull this up just to make sure. Um, but I believe this is a team um, that, that I like um, even over a team like uh, Paris. I would have loved to see a uh, a third place match from that from that Steel Series Invitational just to see London against yeah. Paris because I think they're you know they're just gonna get endless comparisons um, <laughs> this season just based based on you know the kind of teams we're looking at here. Um, um, but yeah, slightly better than a team like Paris. Um, and like I said, you know they'll have uh, competitive matches against Boston maybe. Um, um, but 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 yeah, it's, I'm not gonna um, not gonna go so far again. Just based on the incredible improvement we've seen um, from lots and lots of these rosters over this off season, not gonna not gonna go so far as to uh, put them top half in North America, but um, uh, potentially better results uh, than than we saw in Asia. Again, that um, definitely outclassed in Asia last season uh, would be fair to say uh, in most cases, but. Um, uh, but yes, the second half of, of uh, North America for sure. Yeah, um, I'm also going to take them by their word. And yeah, I think they're, I, th I think they'll be right about where they were last year, to be honest. I think they'll be above a couple teams maybe in the NA, but still, still down there at the bottom, um, which is what they expect, clearly. Um, but I will say that I think it's going to be hard for them to. I know they're going full rebuild mode. I think they need more pieces, maybe in my opinion, or something big to happen here um, to push further. Um, I, I don't know if it's just going to be, uh, oh, these players just need to play through their rookie seasons or whatever, and then they'll be better. I think maybe they need better pieces as well. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do, not this year, but next year. Um when all of a sudden the expectations are going to start rising up. It was smart of them to come out this year and say, hey, keep your expectations low. But as the years go by, people are going to be like, okay, where's our, where's the playoffs? Where's the London Spitfire playoff team? Where's the London Spitfire championship team you guys promised? Um, so I think it's, I'm more looking at them in the future. For now, probably going to stick around right where they were, even if they are in NA this year and, have an easier schedule than that insane Asia um, conference that they were in last year. So, yeah, I think they're right around where they were last year. Um, but yeah, off season, great Joe. What are, what are you going to give the London Spitfire for this off season? Obviously, a pretty controversial move, completely wiping their roster that had some good players on it. I think they had players they could build off of in there um, and deciding to go full European. So, what what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely some good players on that uh, on that past London roster. Obviously, um, uh, big name you think of is Glister, who found a home on the San Francisco Shock. Um, uh, but but yeah, other name other names there as well for sure. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're going full European, um, definitely the the core from British Hurricane is good. I mean, you know, if you, if you boil it down, that's um, more or less the point of your academy team, ideally, right? Is to to, to feed players into your main roster. Um, um, I, I think uh, definitely a good addition. One uh, them one them off season points uh, in my head was was snapping up Shacks uh, from the LA Valiant uh, when that team imploded uh, <laughs> the way that it did. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely going to be a good addition, um, and you know we haven't seen much of hybrid, um, obviously in the Overwatch League, um, and and Blase uh, history uh, from Boston and Houston and that sort of thing. But that definitely, uh, definitely a good addition for uh, of Shaxx on DPS there, um, and the rest, you know, I think is going to be hard to tell. And so we see more of them, um, uh, and that kind of thing. I think. Um, they definitely they they have the potential to I mean like where you talk about it, improve a little bit um, um, from last season um, but I mean not not a not a stellar off season I, I wouldn't say um, but definitely um, they, they've they've got some they've got some pieces there that uh, are definitely worth um, uh, commending and, and that those is a good pickups so I mean in that sense. Um, I forget what I gave some teams last week for any kind of sense of scale, but um, 
yeah, for London, they they get a they'll get a B minus or <laughs> something like that. Maybe maybe a B. Um, again, extra points for for the Shaq's pickup, but um, not not super impressive otherwise. Yeah, I'll I'll go B minus as well. I think it is a good. I think it is a good roster for the future. I think it's good to have a plan for the future because they clearly do. But my biggest, I'm docking points here a lot because um, that feels like what that feels like it was what they were doing last year, right? Like they dropped their entire championship roster to pick up a bunch of young Korean talent, and then mm-hmm. they just ended up dropping them again. So. This time it seems like there's more of a plan around it. This is where they want to go in the future. They've fully committed to it. So I'm just going to dock points because I'm like, well, you had a rebuilding year last year, um, didn't you? Like now I'm questioning, oh, was that not a rebuilding year? Was that you were trying to win with a bunch of rookies that you picked up? I don't get it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think going forward, this is a good move for the London Spitfire to actually have a plan. But overall, I'm not that impressed with their plan so far and the players they've gotten so far. I agree on the Shaq's pickup, though. I think that the Shaq's pickup is going to allow them to compete this year for sure, which I'm excited for. Um, But yeah, that's all I got for the London Spitfire. So we'll move on to the Vancouver Titans, who also made some moves. I mean, obviously their biggest move um, came in Overwatch League Season 3 at the beginning of it. where they kicked off their entire roster, basically. Um, and yeah, they they picked up a bunch of new players. They ended up dropping some of those players here in the offseason. They dropped Karkar, Tsuna, um, KSA, and Shockwave. Two of those players have actually found new teams. And then they have picked up some players to join Rolf, Shredlock, and Dalton, who they kept from last year. They have Linkser, um, FRD, who is now... Um, fried wiener again FRTWNR and then um, Fire and Teru uh, which the Teru pickup was very interesting there uh, back in January he is the only Korean on this team uh, coming over from O2 Blast I believe so those are their offseason moves Joe any players to watch out of the ones I just named um, yeah it's, it's a very interesting roster is, is a good word for this <laughs> Uh, that I'm sure we'll be using several times before uh, before the uh, his team feature is up. Um, but yeah, so as far as if they're going to make this this roster work, right? It's going to need to be they're going to need to have um, like the individuals that they brought in are going to have to be they have to bring some of their success with them i think it is fair to say um because right now other again other than you know the runaway roster like this org doesn't have that um and and so um so related to that it's going to be people for me like linkser and fire and frd um the, the, like like I said, kind of have to bring bring some of that with them. Fire wasn't yeah no he was for Atlanta okay <laughs> second guessing yeah, yeah. myself for a second, uh, but but they're gonna have to bring some of that with them if if they're gonna um, find find success this season and so that's um, uh, definitely where my eyes are gonna be uh, on the on the Titans. Yeah, I, the most successful player here is obviously Linkser. Everyone else, not successful history. I mean, FRD and Fire both on Atlanta, but I would not say they were a huge part of why Atlanta was good. Um, I mean, Fire, we literally never saw. FRD, we did see um, every once in a while, but I wouldn't say he was a huge part of that Atlanta roster. So, I mean, my eyes are on Linkser for sure, especially after I think last season everyone was like, okay, this guy's still good. I don't know if he's like insane or anything like that. Yeah, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick players to watch here, Joe. I I don't know if any of these players qualify as players to watch. I mean, I'm interested in Teru. I 
they picked up a Korean on this roster, which is an interesting choice for me. Um, so I'm interested to see how good Teru fits into this to this team with no other Koreans on the team, if he fits in well, stuff like that. Uh, so I guess I'm I'm looking forward to watching him as well. But yeah, besides that, it's I don't know. It's rough. It's it's a little rough for Vancouver this year, in my opinion. Um, so last year, Vancouver. Let me get back to it. Did I lose it? Um, here it is. Last year, Vancouver went six and fifteen, just like the Linus Spitfire, um, but finished under the Spitfire at eighteenth in the North American standings. They finished eleventh, better than the Washington Justice and the Boston Uprising. Um, I believe in the playoffs. Let's see. They were in the play-in games. Um, and they lost to the Washington Justice. They unfortunately matched up with the Washington Justice in that round, um, who, of course, added decay and started popping off. Uh, lost oh, to the three. Yeah. Uh, all right. Better or worse than last year, Joe? 6-15. and 15. What do you think? Um, and, you know, obviously putting aside the fact that they're going to have a lot fewer matches than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, uh, if, if it hasn't been clear by now, I'm not super impressed with this roster. Um, I, as, as a roster, like, obviously there's, um, you, you know, there are bright spots and there's, there's definitely good talent here, but, um, uh, it's, it seems a little... Uh, and certainly when it was being announced, seemed a little kind of haphazard, um, um, it, it, which which is a really hard criticism to, to to levy at a team just because you don't know what's going on, particularly a team you haven't seen played at all. Um, and so you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, that I'm not super impressed with with this roster the way it stands. Um, um, it, it, yeah, so as a result, I don't anticipate, again, with the incredible strides, <laughs> I've said this about every team so far, the, 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 the incredible strides that the, the league broadly has made in quality and competition, I think that we'll discover, um, um, this off season, um, that, that I'm not sure, I'm not sure this Vancouver roster is it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's absolutely fair, Joe. I'm going to mix my team prefer. I'm going to say they're going to do worse. Okay, there's my team performance prediction there. I think they're going to do worse or about the same as last year. And I'm going to get right into my offseason grade as well and say it's a C for me. I think this was maybe even a C-. minus. I think they kept the wrong players. They weren't even able to keep Shockwave. In all honesty, probably the only promising player on that roster that they picked up last year. I think Rolf... Keeping Rolf was a bad choice. I think Rolf was probably the player I was least impressed with last year. Um, I think Shredlock's a fine keep, actually. I think he's definitely on the top of that team last year. And Dalton was all right. Um, but I definitely think out of the DPS, Suna and Shockwave were better than Dalton. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm confused as to the keeps and the drops. That's my first com- big complaint because... You left Shockwave to dry. You let him go somewhere else, which was an awful decision. You had a great player right there. And then as far as the pickups go, I think they're not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Linkser, FRD, Fire, Teru. I mean, I don't know much about Teru. He could be good, but I think Linkser is a little bit past his prime at this point. I think he's still good, but I don't think he's going to carry a team. I don't think he can carry a team anymore. We've seen it already with the Houston Outlaws every year. He is not able to carry the Houston Outlaws. Um, how is he going to, who, in my opinion, had a better roster on paper than what I'm seeing here? So, how is he going to carry this roster? Um, and FRD and Fire, obviously, we haven't got to see Fire in a professional environment so far. Um, and he had some stiff competition at support there in Atlanta, confronting him for doing so. And I think people are excited to see him. I'm excited to see him. And FRD didn't impress me that much. So, yeah. Overall, I think this is a C minus off season for the Vancouver Titans, and I'm still so upset at that runaway disaster. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah. Like almost, I'm happy. Actually, every like, basically almost every former runaway player has 
as a spot in the league now, which is great. Um, like Fisher and Ryu Jae-hong are basically like the only two who ended up not going back to the league and Bumper, of course. So, yeah, almost everyone has found a, a new place at this point, which is great. But, man, what a, I think it's going to come back to bite them even more this year. Like, I, I don't expect this team to do better. How about you, Joe? After my rant, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I don't disagree with <laughs> with a lot of the stuff. This definitely, um, with with the possible exception now of of the LA Valiant, uh, definitely one of the least popular um, um, organizations um, in the league, which is super unfortunate. Um, uh, but, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I guess we're talking off-season grade. That, uh, <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, it's, it's not it's not going to be high. I'm trying trying to remember what I gave Atlanta. Uh, I think I gave Atlanta a C plus or C plus, minus. Yeah, yeah, I think um, you have a C plus. Um, but but yeah, I, I think it's it's, it's got to be. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it I think it does have to be a little lower than that, honestly. Um, it's it's got to be like a C or a C minus for Vancouver because my my gripe with Atlanta was you know that they didn't do enough, um, uh, but yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of my concern with Vancouver is yeah that not only did they not do enough but what they did, uh, I'm afraid is not going to have uh, the kind of effect that they want it to. Yeah, it's yeah I don't know I'm scared for Vancouver this year I hope they do better I hope Linkser pops off something like that I just they need something to happen something good uh, because based off this roster it's it's looking rough for me personally um, but yeah those are our three team previews um, for this week uh, next week of course we'll be back with three more teams so keep it tuned we'll, we'll have an episode every week leading up to the season so Exciting, and we are getting getting closer to a month away. I think um, April sixteenth, of course, start date. It's about a month and a week now, so we're getting there. We're getting there, Joe. Uh, anything else to say before I sign off here, Joe? I don't think so. Uh, go get your Roadhog skin, yes. um, or if nothing else, log into the game at all, and you'll get your um, Pachamari sprays. Mm-hmm. Pretty big. Um, but thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on our social medias, our Twitter accounts, uh, mine's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. Uh, follow, make sure to follow us uh, at On The Flank Show on Twitter as well. We'll have some great graphics and power rankings and all that stuff go up there um, once the season starts. So definitely check it out there. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Thank you guys for listen- listening and enjoy another weekend of the off season. <laughs>